The story we just heard, the dramatic story we just heard of Paul's experience on the way to Damascus is one of the most important stories in the New Testament. It was utterly life transforming for Paul. It completely changed the purpose and direction of his life. And then it changed the world. Paul must have told the story many, many times, the way we do tell stories of our life many times to talk about who we are, who we've become. We have a record of two occasions in which he told the story. The first time he told it before a hostile crowd, it made them more angry. The next time he told it, he told it before two Roman officials, Festus and Agrippa. They were puzzled by his story, but they said, all right, we'll send you to Rome and you can tell it to Caesar and Caesar can sort that out. The story has had a life far beyond Paul, though, hasn't it? Far beyond Paul. His Damascus Road encounter with Jesus has often been regarded as the ideal conversion story for Christians. It carried the promise that our lives can suddenly, unexpectedly, and positively be changed, turned around, transformed. That's good news, very good news. But the promise has also become an oppressive burden because it has often been used as the story which reminds us that our transformation must happen in this way. And that's not good news. So let's explore the story. It's got a lot of gems in it. And then we'll reflect on how change and transformation happens in our own lives, not only in our lives, but how we tell the stories of our lives. I know that you can listen to a sermon and let your mind go to other places. So be thinking about your own experiences and relationships that have had a big impact on your life and how you tell the stories of those experiences. So first, the title of my sermon, Blinded by Light. Well, that's what happened to Paul. When he told the story to the hostile crowd, he said that when he got back up on his feet, my companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. We know how blinding life can, life can be. Shine a light into someone's eyes, and particularly if they're in the dark, they'll say, I can't see, I can't see. When something powerful happens in our lives, we often can't see the way we saw before. Paul's sight, Paul's life was disrupted. Then it was transformed. He left Damascus with a completely new understanding of Jesus. And that changed everything. And that leads to the second feature of the story. After Paul was blinded by the light, he needed the help of others. His traveling companions had seen the light, but they were not blinded by it. They were able to lead him into Damascus. And in that story was Ananias, who had had his own unexpected, 
and in his case, very unwelcome, life-changing vision. He was commissioned by God to restore Paul's sight and tell him what to do next. Our life-changing experiences are not always self-explanatory, are they? Often they disorient us before they reorient us. We need others to walk alongside us, to interpret what happened, and sometimes to show us what to do next. And you know as you reflect on your life that you've been grateful for those people in those situations in your own life. Third, Paul's experience and changed perspective were so powerful and so convincing to him that he assumed that others would understand and agree with him. So in Damascus, for example, he goes to the synagogue, to the people who've been ready to welcome him there, tells them his story, and they reject him. They become hostile. He has to flee, sneak out of Damascus. Well, then it should get better, because now he's going back to Jerusalem. Now he's going to the people who are the Jesus followers. Surely they'll be glad to hear his message of his own transformation. But it wasn't that simple. In the story that follows, the text that we heard, we read that many members of the Jewish community who, who wanted to, who wouldn't, wouldn't, I'm sorry, wouldn't welcome him, wouldn't welcome him, why? Because they didn't trust him. The text says they thought he was only pretending to be a follower. It took Barnabas, a man they trusted, to convince them that Paul's change was real. The transformative experiences of our lives are not self-authenticating for other people. They wait. They watch. They may doubt our sanity. They may question our motives. It'll probably take some time and perhaps some advocates to establish credibility. Like Paul, we're fortunate if we have people near us in times like that who can walk with us, who can help us to interpret what's happening, who can help us to understand what we are seeing in this new vision, who can be our advocates when others say they don't understand or trust the change in us. As you reflect on your life, you wouldn't be able to connect all the dots that have made you who you are today. Our lives are shaped and changed by many factors, millions of them. Most of them are so incidental we don't notice them when they happen, and when we think back, we don't even remember that they happened. But this story gives us an opportunity to reflect on the singular experiences that we remember. Some are like what happened to Paul. They take us by surprise. They disorient. They blind us. They change our perspective on life. They might be trauma, illness, death, loss, shattered career, broken relationships, accidents. But they may also be very positive. A new love, 
an unexpected career opportunity, the confirmation that we are healed of a disease. Sometimes these experiences initially disrupt and change our lives, but we eventually return to our new life. The way people talk about post-COVID will return to normal. Some change us much more profoundly, much more. We develop new relationships. We set new priorities, establish new patterns for our life. Or we become more noticeably committed to causes or to a point of view. We may even say, I'm not the person I used to be. And others agree that it's true. Jesus had one of those experiences. He had come from Galilee to Jordan to listen to his cousin John preach. John was preaching repentance and justice and baptizing people. And Jesus joined the penitents and John baptized him. During that experience, Jesus heard a voice from heaven telling him that he was God's child and that God loved him. Dramatic? Unexpected? Yes, certainly. But the experience of Jesus was quite different than Paul's. Paul was going to Damascus with a clear identity and a very specific purpose. And Jesus was going to the Jordan with the penitents to hear Paul, but he had a confirmation of his direction of life. Like Paul, like Jesus, we have these experiences of life. Some change us dramatically, some confirm, and we need people in our lives to support us, to turn with us in this new direction. Jesus didn't have somebody in the desert to confirm his direction. Jesus didn't have somebody in the desert to walk with him, but he did have someone. The story is told that he had the devil, the devil who challenged him and questioned everything that he had heard at that river. Oh, you're loved. You're the child of God. Well, prove it. Prove it. Call God's hand. Prove it. Is it really true? We can doubt those deep experiences in our lives without the confirming support of people around us. There's another way that our life changes. These are deep, deeply changing moments in our lives, but they come through discipline and preparation. These are the journeys that many Christians take and many people around the world take the journey of intentional movement toward a new place in life. Many of us have been part of this. Retreats, spiritual direction, devotional practices. These are those intentional journeys we often walk with companions, with mentors. The transformation is usually incremental, but it's cumulative, it grows. The experience is what more like going deeper, slowly as a scuba diver, 
rather than faster in a new car. It may be dramatic, not be dramatic, but it's profound, deeply profound. And sometimes in the midst of that journey, that deliberate, intentional journey, there are these moments, these transformative moments that change us and that change the world. There are many stories like that in the history of Christianity, many, and in other religions as well. One of the most famous one in other religions is the story of Siddhartha Gautama, whom we know as the Buddha, the enlightened one, or the awakened one. He was a prince, had a family, lived in a palace, but over a period of time, he had experiences outside that palace, experiences of another life. He turned from his life, left his family, left the palace, and went to meditate and reflect. In those days, in those times, the life of meditation and reflection was a life of great sacrifice, physical austerities, and the Buddha took it to the extreme. There are sculptures of him, not as that roly-poly, rotund, smiling person that you often see, but as an emaciated ascetic, all ribs and bones. But in that place, he had an experience. He had an experience where he recognized four great truths of life, that life involves suffering and there are causes for it, that there is a cure for suffering and there's a pathway there. He realized that the path was what in Buddhism is called the middle path, the path between sensual pleasure and severe austerity. And those insights and practices that began then and developed over the years have changed the world for 2,500 years. And many people of other religious traditions, including many Christians, have found some of those practices very helpful for their own spiritual journeys. Now back to Paul. The transformation of Paul was brought about quickly. The bounty hunter became the evangelist. But his new life was more than an immediate response to a crisis. He matured through his interaction with others, through the spiritual practices that he had learned as a Pharisee, by his growing understanding of who Jesus was and by the Spirit of God. By the way, he did have more unexpected experiences and they did continue to change him. But that early experience continued to be a reference point in his life. And like Paul, we are the sum of our experiences. We're also the sum of our interpretations of our experiences. And some of the experiences stand out. What stories do you tell about your life? The turning points, the losses, the deep affirmations, the new vistas, the uncertainties. They're not just distant memories, are they? Life happens. Life is happening. Our journey still changes. What language do you use to speak about those changes? Are they God's providence? Are they a great mystery beyond understanding? Are they good luck? Terrible accident? painful loss or who knows it is what it is 
How has your understanding of your life changed over the years? The song we'll sing together, How Many Times We Start Again, is a new song in a new hymnal. It reminds us that we let go and start again many, many times in our lives. Its final words are the ending to the sermon. Whether we are blinded and disoriented by light or whether our path is reassuringly illuminated by light, in you we live and move and dwell as close as breath and prayer. You are our home, Emmanuel, God with us everywhere. And that was the end of the sermon until yesterday morning. We were talking to our daughter in England. I told her about the sermon, but I told her especially about this song, which I found to be a treasure as I've listened to uh, the melody and I've read the words again and again. I decided to send her the lyrics and I searched for them online. I learned that Thomas Traeger, the writer of the lyrics, wrote about 400 hymns, more than 20 books, and was a former professor of preaching and church music at Yale. He died at age 77 on April the 3rd. His memorial service is on Tuesday, May the 3rd. In an interview about his life a few years ago, he told this story. It is a remarkably fitting ending to this sermon. After graduating from seminary, he was a Presbyterian minister for a number of years. He realized that he had gifts of preaching and began to have some intimations that he had some gifts of writing as well. But the confirmation of his gift in writing came in a very unusual way. A church member visited him one day saying that the Archangel Gabriel had appeared to her with a dream and this message, go tell Trom Traeger to start writing his first book. That's a true story, Traeger recalled. She really did come to me with that dream. And sure enough, I started writing. I wrote the first 20 pages of my first book that day. Thanks be to God for the beautiful mystery of our lives. Now let's sing this song and make it our own. <laughs>